Yeah, you said Warpix. that the core was better than a Blackwing. False, <laughs> Johnny. You're uh. right. From Erasable Media, this is the Erasable Podcast with Brad, John, and Tim. So hey, hey, back on the side of the Atlantic Ocean, it's the new Erasable Podcast. I'm Johnny Gambron, hosting duty, and I'm joined by none other than Tim Wassum. So we were going to do a little bit of a sh- reboot of the show when we had 101 episodes, but we sort of got a dossier about Andy that was a little alarming. It turns out he only uses fountain pens, and he uses the blood of innocent gnomes and fairies, so we kicked Andy off the podcast. So, we had to find somebody who we know loves pencils and hates pens. So, introducing our new co-host, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> I am so glad to be part of this show. Hey, Brad. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm glad y'all got rid of the riffraff. Yeah, so it turns out yeah. after this, Brad also has an announcement on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or rather, yeah. rather, Mike has an announcement on his podcast. <laughs> so, Wait, did we, did we so make tune a, in next Wednesday. <laughs> did we make a trade? I must have had a note for the boss. Yeah, so this is episode 91, and in 90 episodes, Andy's never missed a show. That's crazy. So Andy crazy. Has That's crazy. The week, yeah, he was busy this week, so we're going to see what it's like without Andy, which is... Hopefully not going to be a cluster cuss. <laughs> but, we, you know, we have we have a pro on here, so I think we'll be good. We do. But we miss you, Andy. So Love you, buddy. <laughs> and Andy will be producing this, so. Yeah, he's still going to do all the work, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> still here. He's going to make him sound, here. like, really awesome, and we're all not going to know it until we hear it. Yeah. He'll sure. do a little voiceover, like, thanks, guys. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, Brad, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's really yeah. Ex- so. It's really exciting. It's been too long. We haven't done this in a while. I don't what I don't remember what episode that was last time you were on. It was a long time ago, though. Yeah, I didn't go back and look yeah, at it, was, it, actually. That was a yeah. really long time ago. Yeah. Ooh. So, Mr. Dowdy has been coming over to the dark gray side a little bit. <laughs> so, we thought we'd pick his brain as his pencil experience is growing tonight. But first, we'll start, as we always do, with Tools of the Trade. Do you want to go first, our new co-host, Brad? <laughs> sure, sure. So I'm glad you put this in the uh, in the document because no matter if I listen to the show every week, I forget exactly how it starts off. So consuming, along with the beer I have right here, I'm drinking a a Peroni tonight. Um, just mm, the that's kind of the nice. That's the that's the house beer at uh, the Pen Attic Estates, and um, I just. <laughs> I keep that in the fridge for, you know, whenever the, the, the time strikes. I'm not drink, drinking something super fancy like the, the Natty Bow oh, from, yeah. uh, from Baltimore. <laughs> Dude, That's Natty Bow is nasty. Yeah. Really nasty. <laughs> but yeah. the, there's a new one coming out. It's going to be Nasty Natty Bow Shandy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Gross, man. Uh, but I, I Johnny, actually, what's your, what's your, okay. Johnny, what's your house beer? Now I want to know because that's like an interesting thing. Um, what changes right now, it's Sam Adams Cold Snap. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah. Here's my Medello. wife and I always agree on beer. Gotcha. Yeah. What's yours, Tim? Medello is good. We always have Medello on. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Good so baseball I actually, beer, too. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. So I actually did consume Excellent. some media prior to this episode, which is actually, usually this would probably be a blank for me. Um, it'd just be, you know, podcast or music or some other things that I'll, I'm listening to or into. But I watched Icarus on the flight home from the Baltimore Pen Show this past weekend. And hey. 
if you hadn't heard of that movie, I hadn't heard of this, this movie before this weekend when the Oscars happened and it won an Oscar. Um, and it's about this guy who started to make a movie about doping and he's a big cycler. He was a big Lance Armstrong fan and he was watching, you know, all these guys win all these races and test clean at the end of the race. And, you know, we all know that house of cards eventually came completely crashing down. So he wanted to kind of recreate the doping system that these guys used. And he was a, like a very advanced amateur racer. He does this huge amateur race over in France and go through the same thing, see if he can improve his times and improve his speeds and then test clean for this race. So that sounds all well and good. And that's only like the first 30 minutes of the movie because what happens is he gets looped in with the head of the Russian doping program and they become like best friends. And this, hmm. and this guy ends up being the guy who takes down the entire Russian organization, um, all their athletes, all their Olympic athletes, why they weren't in these most recent Olympics. So it's this crazy, crazy story of how this movie turned into one thing it turned it into just completely different things so it's kind of wild highly recommended it's not something that i heard of before i even heard of it this weekend and i've been just fascinated with it ever since awesome sounds awesome yeah so writing with in honor of the podcast i'm of course going with a pencil but I grabbed one of my In the Pines notebooks from Write Notepads, which is my favorite edition they've released so far. Um, I'm about through this notebook, even though I don't use it quite frequently um, as some of my other ones, but I use it regularly because it's so nice. And to match it up, I'm using the Carondash Swisswood Pinot Simbro, which is the pine version of the Swisswood. So I, I didn't know this was a thing. Until I saw this weird little two-pack of the regular stinkwood Swiss wood. <laughs> the soy wood? Yeah, soy wood. <laughs> Choco wood. Um, so it had one of those. It had one of these pine ones. So it's, a, it's almost like an ivory coating. You know, it's a very yellow pencil. Not like a yellow traditional pencil, but like an ivory-looking pencil. One of the traditional Swiss woods and a sharpener and they were like stupid expensive i think it was like 26 bucks or 24 bucks for the two pencils and a sharpener so i finally found it for like 50 percent off one day i was like okay i want to try this weird white looking pencil so that's the only place uh I, i've seen this and i've kind of even i've used it so much much i've kind of worn out the uh, the black writing on there it's not as it's probably like the same core as the regular swiss wood but it feels a little bit different. Like it feels a little bit waxier in, even though that the regular Swiss wood feels kind of waxy and I enjoy it. This one's a little bit different, but it's probably the same exact core, but it's a pine pencil instead of a, what is the other one? Beach Swiss beach wood. Something like that. What is that? It's some kind of weird cooked wood. They cook it. Oh yeah. I don't That's why know. it stinks. Gourmet wood. <laughs> Gourmet wood. So yeah. So, uh, so that's what I'm, what I'm writing with. Nice. How about you, Tim? Uh, I, as far as consuming, I always try to go for something I'm watching, reading, and listening to. It's probably unnecessary and probably takes away too much time, uh, but I can't help myself. But watching, the only thing I can say is baseball. Um, I'm, <laughs> and I guess I could go for listening to because I'm listening to a lot of radio broadcasts and, and watching as much spring training baseball as possible. 
because we are only three weeks away yeah. from opening day, which is the best news ever because I am so ready for baseball season this year. Um, reading, uh, I just started a new book a couple days ago. Uh, I had, I've never read any David McCullough books, and I finally decided to try them out mostly based on the California typewriter documentary, which he was interviewed in. And I was like really intrigued oh, and yeah. loved, loved hearing him talk in that documentary. And it's like, you know, I've been meaning to, and actually like on a personal note, like my grandfather who passed away uh, a few years ago was just kind of obsessed with him. was really like a huge fan. And, and I remember him recommending the books and I just never got around to it. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to pick one out. And the one that I picked out is a book called the greater journey which I had actually never heard of. I mean, he's mostly known for, uh, he has the John Adams book that he wrote and then the uh, Theodore Roosevelt book, Mornings on Horseback. And he's, so he's, he's got some of his like bigger, like, because they were turned into shows or whatever that people know about. But this one, The Greater Journey is about uh, Americans going to Paris and, and specifically Americans going to Paris before 1900. Because we always think, when we think of Americans going to Paris, you think of Hemingway and Oh yeah, Ezra Pound and Fitzgerald and all these, but but there was from like 1830 to 1900, there was this, uh, there are these groups of uh, young Americans from all different interests or all different professions. There were writers, painters, scientists, uh, physicians who went to Paris to go and study their craft, and then so the, the premise of the book is that it's like a biography of all these people, this core group of people who went and. Uh, went to Paris, learned all these amazing things, and then changed America based on what they took away from Paris. Uh, and it's super interesting. I'm really enjoying that book uh, a lot. So I would I would recommend it. I'm it's it's a it's a longish book. It's not one of his longest books, actually. That was kind of one of the reasons why I picked it. But it's uh, it's it's still a a decent length. But I'm about eighty pages in or something like that, and I've really been enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, as far as music. There's a jazz guitar player named Pat Martino who I was became a big fan of in high school. Uh, and he has a really interesting story where he he uh, he was around in the '60s and '70s and '80s, like he'd been around for a long time recording, uh, and he was kind of a young prodigy, sort of. But at some point, I think it was in the late '80s or early '90s, he actually had a aneurysm. I think it was in the 80s, he had a brain aneurysm and had to teach himself guitar all over again. So he was this virtuosic guitar player and then at some point had to start from scratch <laughs> and teach himself again, which from what I understand, it like came back quicker than it was learned the first time, but it still was like he just had to start over. Uh, and he came out with a new album last year that's called Formidable, uh, which is the first album he's done in a little while. And it's a really fantastic album. If you're a fan of jazz, and he covers one of my favorite songs, which is called, uh, in a sentimental mood by Duke Ellington. So I, I, any jazz fans out there, Pat Martino form formidable is a really, really great album. And it's, it's actually an album that's not available on streaming services that I know of, but it's, it's worth your money to buy at least a digital copy and pick it up. Cause it is, it is very, very good. And I am writing with, uh, I have a, the, the pencil of choice, which is my common pencil of choice these days, is the Mitsubishi 9852EW, the recycled nice. 9852. I'm in love with this pencil. So it's what they, if you know the 9852, this is the one where they take the leftover 
cuts at the slats and make, uh, they call them a recycled pencil, but it's basically just using the leftover bits from making the other ones to, to make these in there. It's like, it's an awesome pencil, an affordable HP pencil. And it has, of course, my, my favorite label on a pencil, which is on the reverse side of the Mitsubishi 9852 EW. It says master writing. So oh, nice. Can't, can't uh, turn that down. And, in honor of our guest, I had to pick a pen. So, and the pen that I picked uh, was the. It's a bit crystal. It was. It was well, frankly, because it was nearby. But when I mm-hmm. saw it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like I forgot about this." Because it was in a box of, of things I hadn't looked at in a while. But it's a. It's not the usual bit crystal, but it's a bit crystal ultra fine, like yes. a European edition in red ink. And I. As soon as I picked it up, I was like, hey, maybe that's a good one I can use tonight. And I picked it up, started writing with it, and I was like, this is this is such a killer pen. It actually writes better than the others. And I feel like I with the Big Crystals, I tend to either use the Ultra Fine, because I have a few others that are in black and blue. I tend to either use the Ultra Fine or I use the, um, the what is it, 1.6? Is that what it is? Oh, those big fatties. I love big, those things. Big fat ones. I love those too. So I like the, the big fat one in blue. But, uh, but yeah, so I got that. And the notebook of choice is a Walmart purchase <laughs> Cubs spiral notebook <laughs> manufactured by Markings by C.R. Gibson, is what it nice. says on the back. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Been using it at school. So that's that was my, my choice. So. Is it not going to work again for like another 100 years? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That was so funny, Johnny. I'm so, so entertained by you. And uh, yeah, your buddy Michael Hagen's already giving me crap on Twitter, so I'm coming after you, Michael. Giving crap for what? <laughs> the, the Braves sucking and the Cubs oh. being good. I'm like, listen. Well, Nick, the Braves are going to be insane soon. So he'll, <laughs> he'll eat his words, but we've still got our window right now. So. That's right. Um, how about you, Johnny? So, um, I just read the book called Cod. I forgot what the subtitle is by Mark Karlansky, the guy who wrote the book we talked about called Paper. Mm-hmm. And it Salt. Was, Does he have one called Salt? Yeah. So, the Salt one was like four or 500 pages about salt. And <laughs> one of the most entertaining books I ever read. It was so good. Okay. The Cod book was good and it made me want fish. And I haven't had fish in like, I don't know, 14 years or something. They probably had Cod the last time I ate fish. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so and i've been i'm trying to get into the new hemingway biography which has a picture of him pointing a tommy gun at the camera but every time i touch it like literally every time i touch it rose like poops or screams <laughs> or like walks of the room yeah. crushing goldfish going la 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 so that's the uh i think i i've tweeted on several occasions that if you ever want to not get writing done just get your kids down for a nap and then sit down to write and they mm. will wake up as soon as as soon as you sit down, it's amazing. Yeah. How the time, it's amazing how that timing works out. <laughs> and today I'm like, I have a half an hour. Like, Rose is like, no, you don't. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that put the kibosh, but I'm looking forward to cracking into that. And um, we watched Rotten on Netflix, that mm. food biography. It sucks. Really? Like after Dirty Money, and Dirty Money was really well done. And, you know, there was a central theme to each one, but also a bigger picture. Rotten just is just a rambling piece of crap with this terrible hipster narrator that um, I have passed out on everyone. Even the COD episode. So There's a COD episode? We, yeah, but it wasn't really about COD. It was about fish. We're like, hey, did you know all the fish are leaving? I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I never heard that before. 
<laughs> there was one about garlic that I I fell asleep watching several times. Mm, that's a bummer. But, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you said that though because I was I've got that in my to watch I'm in my queue yeah. and I'm I'm not gonna. We're usually I'll a lot more it. positive. Like, hey, watch this; it's fun. And we're like, don't watch this; it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but on the positive side, did you guys see um, the Frankenstein Chronicles was added to Netflix recently? No. With Sean Bean, it's sort of a um, cop show set in the 1820s in London that involves elements of the story of Frankenstein. Well, that sounds cool. That I, sounds I, cool. I remember hearing really about good. this. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's. It was. Like, it was so good that I watched, like, four in a row to finish it up last week. And I never do that. I usually fall asleep. Hmm. It was super enjoyable and also super gory. And if you like Sean Bean and you want to see Sean Bean make it through an entire season of something. I was going to ask if he died. No. <laughs> he's, in, he's, in, he's back for season two. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I won't I won't give any spoilers. Right. But it, that, it was very good, really enjoyable. And um, if we're talking about music, I've been re-listening to Eat Me, Drink Me by Marilyn Manson because it's really delicious and Henry likes it. <laughs> and I'll move on from letting my kid listen to Marilyn Manson. So I am writing with a big, fat, triangular Statler Norris, um, Norris Ergosoft. Those are nice. I like it those. You, like sent me, you sent me one of those a while back. <laughs> Stashed it away for him. <laughs> Did you say a finger? Yeah. yeah, it feels like a finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that it being triangular makes it feel soft <laughs> and also bony. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think they should add that to their sales pitch, you know, like their their marketing materials. It's like yeah, it makes up for it not being cedar. <laughs> it feels like a finger. Sort yeah. of bony. And uh I'm taking show notes in a field notes alphabet soup edition. Ooh. Which I'm I'm finding I don't like this paper, it's too th- too thin and smooth. Like all the good things about paper, not this one. <laughs> but the blue lines are nice, and I did buy two packs of the damn thing, so I have to use them. <laughs> so yeah. So why don't we jump on to fresh points? And we can let Brad go first again. He could talk about how much he likes that Wopex. <laughs> so <laughs> the Wopex is sitting here with me. It's about half the size of where it started when you handed it to me, and that's not because I've been using it. <laughs> that's because we all took it out at the pin show. I was next to the pay it forward table at the pin show, and if for for those of y'all who aren't into pins, there's a great group of people headed by Oscar Rodriguez that set up tables at pin shows and donate things to kind of like the tag along pin friend or the newbie pin friend. So like if you're there at a pin show with someone who's like really into the pin show and you don't know what's going on, but you were nice enough to come, they give you like a pin starter kit and you know, they had pencils out, they had black wings out, they had a paper out, all kinds of things. So anyway, we started getting out sharpeners to try and sharpen the Wopex and I don't know exactly what sharpeners we tried, but none of them worked. It's a bad <laughs> so, idea. <Yeah. laughs> it just made it worse and worse. So now I have, I came home with like half a Wopex. <laughs> well, they're heavy, so it's saved on your uh, travel weight. Yeah, exactly. So I will say the core is not bad. It's like we all used it and go, oh, it's darker than I thought it would be. That's pretty much what everyone said when they used it because we were passing this around, um, you know, of course, giggling as as we did. Um, 
but yeah, this is, this is a no go, Johnny. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but, uh, I, I'm glad I have it because now I know what a terrible pencil is like and, you know, I can, you know, rank all the other terrible pencils up against it, but, uh, I am, yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to send you a box to replace that one. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Not even kidding. You know, I do have two kids. I'm sure they would get a lot of use out of them. I have some neon ones. Ooh, okay. I still, yeah, I still say no. I'm going to go no. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you, uh, Johnny, did you take the 2B? Um, No, I grabbed one of the, like the regular green ones. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Brad to hold this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get behind him and photobomb it and ask Joe Lebo (laughs) to take the picture. But I was like, I'll I'll never work that out. Plus, Brad's a good sport. I'm like, hey, can I take your picture with this? He's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I'm super excited to have it, right? It's, you know, I don't have a Wopex. I hear you talk about it all the time. And now I should have brought can, a box of them. Yeah. You'd, feel, you'd have felt guilty and you'd said you liked them. Then. Oh, totally not. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> 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 I mean, I love you for lots that's of things. A, that's that's not impossible. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think um, it's become a joke. I forgot if I even like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just about to ask, when's the last time you actually used one? <laughs> So moving on. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, my 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 other fresh point was the actual Baltimore Pen Show itself. I don't know if I spelled it right in the show doc, Johnny B A W L M E R. Is that correct, Balmer? See, my mother would say that's correct. Okay, I would say people don't really say Balmer; they say Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, I never once B-A-W. heard. I never once heard uh, this this rendition. But I will say it is one of the best pen shows I have ever been to. Um, you know, I've probably been to a good dozen or more at this point, and we just had a blast. It was a great show put on by a great guy. Um, good venue, good location, good people. Um, I, I really couldn't have asked more from the show so it, w- it was fantastic so thank you baltimore for being awesome and we're going to talk about uh one of my other favorite baltimoreans is that what you are are you a baltimorean <laughs> some people say baltimoreon baltimore <laughs> we won't say that. well you're a baltimorean this other guy's a baltimoreon so we'll talk about him in a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh if baltimore has a pen show next year mm-hmm. that henry and i will be there nice excellent so, nice get ready nice. johnny and henry well, we will, we will so be there it was at the harbor which Might is near fort couch, mchenry but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a party we'll have a penry party it'll be great yeah let's yep. do it it'll be fun and my last fresh point i just stumbled on this today as i was doing a little bit of shopping on jet pins and i don't know how i missed this when it first came out and this might actually help with the wopex have y'all seen the sonic toga return pencil sharpener I want one. I am looking at them right now. So the idea and why it's recalled return Ooh. pencil sharpener, not only do they look cool, they're kind of expensive. Does it add to your pencil instead of taking away? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a reverse pencil sharpener. So you put the little stubs in and you end up with a, an entire pencil by the it time. It creates. That's how Wopexes happen. Yeah. That's, that's how Wopexes are made. Yeah. Damn so, it, Tim. So it basically, it's like the it, easy bake oven of Wopexes. Yeah. So it sharpens the pencil and then once it hits a certain point, it pops it out so you can can no longer continue sharpening it, sharpening it down. So I'd be interested to see if that really works. 
um, how it's advertised, and it has it's a it's a short short point kind of sharpener. So um, yeah, you you lock in lock in the pencil, sharpen away, and then it kind of ejects it once it's to the proper proper sharpness level. So no more over sharpening for you. But I mean, the that pink, is cool. Pink and purple and light blue and it's pretty rad, and I'll probably end up with one someday. Yeah. I like that. I like that blue and light blue. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. I, I really like the Sonic. They're the ones that make the ratchet sharpener. Yeah, right? they, the they Rachetta. Ah, the Rachetta. Oh, I love that sharpener. I have that at school. I use that all the time. It's excellent. Nice. So yeah, that is those are my fresh points. Um, the only missing fresh point was the Natty Bow from Baltimore, which we did talk about earlier. So, uh, but I'm apparently <laughs> I, I'm good for having missed that, missed out on that. Yeah. You did. You you might have missed out on the Blackwing beer, though. Did you I get, did. Did you have any of that? Johnny did okay. not hook me up, and there was so, a liquor store right across the street, but I avoided that one. So Johnny oh, gave Johnny gave me some Blackwing beer. Mm-hmm. No, that was when, Lebo. When I saw Lebo. Yeah, that's right. Lebo gave me I mean, some Blackwing. I, beer. I should take credit, but no, Joe's yeah, you know, nice. you're I'm right. Steal his thunder. No, well, you're right. I'll steal Joe his thunder. Thing. He didn't bring me any either. So screw you, Joe well, Lebo. But Next the, year. the 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 Blackwing beer he brought me exploded on me so just gonna it was was super fluky but like i took it back to the hotel room and like opened it up and i hadn't been shaking it It just been sitting on the table and it just like (laughs) like in my bag like one of them popped open so it was super good though (laughs) like the three of them were fine (laughs) but um yeah I missed that was the only pen show I've ever been to is that DC show that we that was where I met Johnny or I like saw Johnny for the first time and then saw you Brad for the first time and that was that such was an amazing time three oh, years three years ago yeah I think. three yeah. years ago and I was God. it was oh man it was so much fun and seeing uh, Joe Lebo and Cody Williams was mm-hmm. there Cody was plus there. other people I mean ugh that was fun that was awesome good times good times excellent you want to go next Tim sure. Yeah, uh, the first thing I want to bring up is that Baron Fig has announced, uh, has a big announcement about the Confidant, that now the Confidant has, uh, is going to be released in not just two colors, not just two shades of gray, (laughs) (laughs) but five different colors. So um, they've uh, expanded the standard covers for the Confidant from, they've got light gray, the charcoal, which is the darker gray, and the three new colors, which I guess are all, they sort of fit in with the scheme of some of their other products. They don't actually match up with them as well as one would like them to, but but they've got blue slate, fig wine, and yellow gold that you can get. But the uh, one of the only, I guess one of the, the downsides for me, because Dot Grid is dumb. Uh, <laughs> that podcast <laughs> is horrible. That, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was hyperbole on purpose. <laughs> Dot grid is uh, most people like Dot grid. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't like Dot grid. But uh, all three of these are at this point for for now are all available only in in Dot grid. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the colors. So we actually so Baron Fig w- was generous enough to hook us up with with some samples of these, and we all got to choose what we got. And in a very cute way, all Johnny, Andy, and I all picked different colors. Aww, so that was cute. really, that was super <laughs> cute. Uh, it fits our personality. Johnny picked the yellow gold. Shocker. Andy picked the blue slate, and I picked the fig wine because, you know, 
I guess wine is was what caught my eye. <laughs> but no, I'm just a dark like even with fountain pen inks, like when I when I allow myself to delve into that, I, the dark reds are always my place. So, but we got those, and uh, yeah, they look great. I, I have the fig wine one right in front of me, and it is. I mean, I, I am totally biased, but I from seeing pictures of the other two, Fig Wine, I think, is my favorite. I think it looks fantastic. I don't fantastic. know, man. This, this yellow is like a dandelion in the sun <laughs> under your nose. The yellow looks awesome. Really I'm not going to lie. I would have picked yellow, yeah. too. It looks fantastic. I'm actually surprised it yeah. took them this long to break out of the gray, the gray mold on these because, I mean, I think it's easily their best product and their most popular notebook. It certainly got to be. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But these colors are like a perfect match to like every other, everything else that they do. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it slides right in nicely. And it's good that yeah. they didn't do like, you know, like Voyage term and Rodeo where they just take, you know, kind of like the, the bright main colors, like orange and green and purple, you know, they did their own thing and it looks really good. Yeah. It fits their, their, uh, their brand. Mm-hmm. They, they use those colors a lot. So yep. Yeah, so yeah, I'm happy they did dot grid. I love their dot grid. Yeah. yeah, my my problem with dot grid, and I was texting Johnny and Andy about this, is that um, I have I, something like over time I've just gotten worse at ignoring dot grid because I remember talking about it early <laughs> on, and I would say like, eh, yeah, sure, dot grid, whatever. You know, sometimes it's fine because I could just ignore the dots and just write. But my handwriting is just big enough. Like I, I like kind of a I like to write in a bigger size like a font size or whatever you call it and i write in cursive that uh i always it's like every time i'll finish a line i'll go to the next line to keep writing and i'll land on a different part of the page you know so it's like i'm writing i'm starting at the top of one of the the lines of dots and the next time i'm halfway like the the dot is in the middle which i used to be able to ignore that but now i just can't (laughs) i just can't um i've it's and i think i've i've uh 100 which i've People wouldn't be surprised by this who've listened to us for a while, but uh, blank paper is 100% my favorite now. So, so can't get that with this so yet. Picky. But when, yeah, no, I know lined paper is fine, but it's like, and even like I, when I was in, I was always like a college ruled, like all through college and high school. Like I love the little because I was right, but once I switched to cursive. Uh, when I stopped writing in in print and switched to cursive, I like to just have this big looping uh, handwriting. So, but once once the other once the blank and the the line come out and some of these new colors, uh, the confidant's already my my standard hardback notebook in this size. Uh, I think from now on, my notebook of choice is either going to be that charcoal in blank or the fig wine in blank or, and I'll, and I'll try some of these others down the road, but I think uh, they look really nice. So, so yeah, so I think they, I think they did a good job and I think it's kind of overdue for them to come out with some of these other colors. So I think people are, these uh, limited editions have been wetting people's appetites for having some standards that aren't just gray or grayer. You know, um, <laughs> and and then with the the lock that came out recently, like that one just blew everybody's mind. I just, I mean, I know that that one's not grid, right? Am I remembering right? Yep, the I think lock. so. So that one is just so beautiful. Yeah, the lock. But even despite its downfall of being dot grid, I will use the crap out of that one. <laughs> so that'll be. I'm using the uh, what's the uh, work play edition is my school notebook, like my work notebook where I'm doing lesson planning and stuff. And the lock is is next in line for that. And I will. Did that sell out yet? It. I don't know. 
I'm looking like at the, the pen sold out a while ago, I think. Yeah. I don't know about the numbers. Had to have sold out. That pen is fantastic. Pen is fantastic. I got to check one out in LA. It is really cool. Like the, I was reading the description of it because I have the aluminum, you know, the standard Squire. Mm-hmm. And like it has a good weight. It's not too heavy, not too light. And they say the brass is three times heavier. And I was like, okay, that seems like super yeah. reasonable. I don't think it's going to be too mm-hmm. heavy. It was actually heavier than I thought, but still felt really, really yeah. nice. Oh, it is really cool. I, I, I've got that one in my, my Notco pen case uh, nice. that I that I love, 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 love. So, uh, yeah, it says uh, the, the notebook is still available. It yep. says brass pen sold out in parentheses forever. <laughs> Rub it <So>. in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that's gone. But, uh, so yeah, so that's my, my first fresh point. Just if you haven't seen the new colors of the confidant, you should go check those out. Fig wine, blue slate and yellow gold, gold are available now in, in doc grid, which is, which is exciting. Uh, the next thing is, uh, actually teaching related. So I teach freshman high school English and I picked up a new assignment, which is inspired by ESPN magazine which sports magazines, as far as they go, it's a pretty terrible magazine. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> but there's a teacher I really respect in California. His name's Kelly Gallagher, and he's a, he's a, he writes a lot of books, and he's just this amazing, inspiring teacher, uh, high school English teacher. And he, he uh, if you've ever read ESPN Magazine, there's a page in there, usually it's called Six Things. It's like six things you should know about fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is. So it'll be like six things you should know about being a bodyguard for an athlete or six things you should know about being a relief pitcher or something. And the idea is that they'll get somebody to come in and say, like, this is the thing I'm the expert about, and I'm going to give you six things that you that aren't common knowledge about it that you should know, which is really cool. And so I have my students do this where they uh, – they have to pick something that they are an expert on that they feel like they know a lot about. And then I say, well, explain six things to us about this that are not what everybody would know. So if you're writing about basketball, don't say, Hey, when you throw the ball in the hoop, it scores two points. And you know, we, most people know that for sure. So you try to pick the kind of not common knowledge thing. And so one thing I'm trying to get better at is writing with my students. So they'll, uh, when they're working on a project, I'll work on it right alongside of them and I'll have my own topic and I'll show them like, here's my progress. This is what it looks like. And so this year is the first time I've done this assignment. And so I tried to work on six things you should know about pencils, obviously. So, uh, and I didn't get it done in time because I mean, I was grading them and helping them get this thing finished. And I, but for next semester, I've got it set up that I'll have this, that I can show them an example of my own work. And then, uh, and so I had to come up with six things about pencils that the average person probably wouldn't know. And so I was going to share the six things I came up with. Nice. Uh, so the first thing I, I explained was I was talking about the difference between, and I'll share that once I've got it all like the final version, I'll post it up on, on Twitter and on the erasable website. But uh, the first thing I had was the lead versus graphite thing, just explaining that to people that the lead and graphite are not the same thing. And that actually, and then explaining the name of plumbago, uh, just that uh, plumbago was uh, one of the names that was used for it. And that uh, lead and graphite look a lot alike, but uh, graphite doesn't cause uh, poison, poisoning and cancer or whatever. <laughs> so I uh, explained uh, that. And then I talked about Henry David Thoreau was for for one of them explaining because yes. they, they know him they know his name from walden and reading excerpts from his work and so explaining that you know him for this but actually this was his profession uh the next one was ex- i actually explained to my students and i did talk about this in class i talked about all these in class but uh the difference between european 
Japanese and American pencils. That that there's kind of these three different centers in the world uh, that we get talked about a lot. And I probably could have even included you know talking about Jap or uh, Indian pencils, but um, we've never really discussed that on the podcast how Indian pencils fall into that range. You know where they who they line up with the most, which would be maybe a good topic for another time. Uh, the next one is talking about cedar wood and why why cedar wood is kind of the perfect choice and why we don't use other options that we've got available and why we don't use red cedar anymore. And then the last two, uh, one was that uh, pencils are modern, like talking about how pencils aren't the precursor to pens. It was like we always think of pencils leading to pens, but actually pens have been around a lot longer you know, a thousand years, but pencils have only been around for a few hundred, which was, which they actually found pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so just that, uh, cedar or just that, that, uh, cedar pencils are the, the result of just a, a few hundred years of, of progress. And the last thing is that pencil com changed the world. So. <laughs> yep. Truth. <laughs> Truth. No. How did that get into my head? That what was that? Johnny added Johnny is King to the uh, Google Doc. But the actual the sixth king. thing, the king. the King is the King. The last thing I actually explained it was the the concept that uh, pencils last forever. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but just yes, that, that uh, ink fades, especially if it's exposed to sunlight. Uh, which most of the time doesn't matter, but just people think of pencils as these temporary things where it's like the equivalent of writing with chalk or something. And that's just <laughs> not, you know, not true that pencils last forever and that it's, you're literally grinding stone onto paper. And so it's going to last a very long time. And so they, uh, they also wanted to argue with me on that, but that did not work because, <laughs> uh, they are children and they don't know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was a fun assignment so i enjoyed that and so once i get that finished and get a final version of that i'll put it up and it's kind of a i was thinking of it as a cool thing you could share with other people when you're trying to uh, spread the good word about pencils and the last thing is that plumbago 4 has been announced by uh, andy's uh, zine has been announced plumbago 4 uh, this time around we're looking for creative nonfiction and memoir around one simple idea how analog has shaped your life so it's up to you to interpret what this means but this time around we're looking for a really uh, tight issue really tight issue focused on this topic and our friend harry marks from the covered podcast the beloved harry marks has come aboard to help shape the narrative so he's going to be uh, co-editing this with andy we'd love to hear from anyone but we especially like to hear from people outside of our usual bubble for stories so i mean women people of color people who uh, we don't often hear from we'd like to hear from everybody we want to hear from anybody out there so please send us your your, your additions to this to this edition uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be an essay form either we poetry screenplays comics illustrations stories etc all that's good but uh based along the idea of memoir and it can be inspired by what's how analog has shaped your life even if it is not uh, written as pure nonfiction. the deadline to submit a finished piece for this is june 1st and then mid-July is when we're, we're thinking that this will be uh, distributed. So go to plumbago.xyz for more information and to submit your pitch. So you can submit your idea to us. Um, also, copies of Issue 3 are still available. So if you, if you haven't gotten a copy of Issue 3, which is absolutely gorgeous. Andy did an amazing job on this one. So I can't 
give them enough props for this. I think it's just beautiful. The, the fiction and poetry issue is awesome. So please, please get that if you haven't gotten it already. Uh, we'll release the PDF when they sell out or when issue four is published, whichever comes first. So you, the PDF will be available eventually for purchase, but please buy a copy of issue three if you haven't gotten it yet. Um, I know I will be in this next issue, and I, and and this is this is a pretty hot uh, hot topic right here. But my what I'm going to write about, or not hot topic, but uh, it's this is going to be scandalous. But I'm going to write a tell-all memoir piece for Plumbago Four about the creation of uh, the Erasable Podcast. So <gasps> I've, I've 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 started it, so it's going to be it's going to be pretty messy. Is it going to have so, screenshots of this first you're gonna see, text? You're gonna fi- yes, that'll be in there, and you're going to find out about the CD underbelly of the the Erasable podcast and all the all the infighting that happens behind the scenes, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but just about the experience of, of of doing this and what it's been like, and I just felt like that would be a fun thing to share because I've never really talked about it. So that's what I'll be doing, for instance. But if you're interested, please go to plumbago.xyz for more information and to submit your pitch. Excellent. There we go. Johnny, how about you? So, speaking of podcasts, um, if folks are members of the Field Nuts Facebook group, then you probably know one of their moderators, Adam Webb, who also used to run a Tumblr called Field Nuts in the Field, which predated Field Nuts and pretty much anything Field Nuts related that wasn't Field Notes. Anyway, he's half of a new podcast called Take Note, which is about uh, notebooks and using notebooks, which is a really good topic for a podcast that no one is touching. So I'm definitely checking this out. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a link in the show notes. I haven't gotten to listen to all of them yet, but this looks really awesome. Yeah, so I hadn't heard of it until I saw the show notes today, and I went and uh, downloaded, I think, the first five episodes. So I'm going to start listening to those this week. Looks cool. Yeah. And um, our friends at Write Notepads and Co. released a new, what, two new things. A new. Um, product and a new sort of line of products called the test kitchen where they're going to put out interesting new things to sort of you know, test them and see if people like them, if people want to use them, people want to buy them. Um, and the current thing is a series of writing tablets. Did you get to check these out when you were at the pen show, Brad? Yeah. So the Baltimore on we were talking about earlier was none, <laughs> none, other, none other than Chris Roth from from Write Notepads, and I'll, I'll just say I love that guy. Like I'm glad I finally got to meet him. We've talked online for years. Um, he's he's just a treasure. Like he's just absolutely everything uh, any human being could hope to be, all in one nice neat package, hair, nice neat fluffy haired package. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was a rad dude, but he was he is so proud of these pads because of the uh, the I guess you would call it the fineness of the letterpress stamping he could get on these pads. They were they were awesome. Uh, what do you think about them? I love them. They put a magnifying glass on the table, yeah. so you could check out how detailed they were. I, I feel like I, mean, I wasn't there, but was seeing these. But like with with Chris, I mean. As far as notebook makers go, he's a lifer. You know, like yeah. I feel like he is one who is. I mean, his family does it. It's just like in him. Like yep. he has to do it. Yeah. And so I always anything new that comes out, I'm always super excited to see it because he is just dedicated to this, and he's he's impassioned by this. Like, you know, I mean, like nothing else. So, 
man, I, I'm always excited because I know that he's never going to do things, and nothing's going to be half-assed with him. Yeah, uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna take things super seriously, and we know from kind of background or, or like behind the scenes info that I mean, there are times where he has an idea and he tries it out, and he's like, "This isn't good enough. I got to try it again. I got to do it again. I got to do it. Got to got to get it right." So. I can't wait. Yeah, there was I can't a wait to see season that came out late because they scrapped the idea. I won't say yeah. Why. yeah. But um yeah, but. so these are these are thirty sheets of really, really heavy paper with nothing on them but a letter pressed image at the top. So they had stuff like a ship, uh pineapple, a blowfish. I don't remember the other ones. I bought the Raven. Uh, elephant. There was an, yeah, the elephant one was really cool. I should have bought like a pile of these for everybody I knew, but I didn't think of it. And yeah, I was lazy. I brought a small bag. <laughs> but yeah, he but, um, he was so proud of those. Um, like I was flipping through them and he was talking to someone else. He's like, pick up the magnifying glass. I, mean, I thought he was going to like punch me. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. He, and so he's like really proud of them. And he should be. They were awesome. They Like the detail on them was was amazing. Uh, yeah. I'll throw a chorus light bottle at you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can't so wait. Oh gosh, I can't wait. When when are these gonna be available? Well, these aren't on the website yet, but mm-hmm. I've been talking to Chris today and yesterday, so he's gonna try to get us a link that'll be I think just on the podcast. Hopefully. So that folks can go on and order them. Because they're really nice. Like order them so that they'll be inspired to make more. Also, it would look really cool with the logo of a certain podcast at the top. Mm. So we'll see what we can do about that. Thepenaddict.com. Totally. I can see yes, it. Featuring Andy and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I got to meet a certain Mr. Brad Dowdy last weekend again, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And did, the, did I put the picture of the Wopex on Instagram? Uh, I don't remember. I should. Do I have a picture of it on Instagram? I may not either. I, I thought yeah, it Mr. seems like I did. I know I took several pictures of it, but... Uh, I can't remember. I think yep. I think you did. I don't know. I can't yep. remember. So I wore a fleece vest because I thought I'd fit in at the pen show, but <laughs> it was not the right color. Like three people like actually beat me up on my way to the bathroom. Like, You're that pencil guy. And they got me. It was, yeah. It was oh, man. No, just not yeah, everybody pockets. was like, su- everybody was super nice. The hotel was nice. The bar had... Um, if only you could sharpen a Wopex for protection, but... It's just impossible. I had a keychain sharpener that sharpens them perfectly in my pocket. That's a myth. But okay. see, they were all looking for ink refills, and they didn't think, <laughs> oh, I'll ask him. That's right. <laughs> I, I spent, like, most of the day in the corner anyway, talking to the folks from Right No Pens. <laughs> I got them to uh, occupy the table a few times while they went to go potty. Hmm. I stole a lot of money and a lot of notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> You think I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so for folks that weren't there, a few week, few years ago, they had it at, um, you know, one of those crappy airport hotels. And, you know, crappy airport hotels in Baltimore are pretty crappy. So, <laughs> this was right next to um, the baseball stadium, really close to Harbor Place and the Harbor, Fort McHenry, like, you know, all the stuff that makes Baltimore not... The Wire. Well, a lot of the stuff that makes Baltimore not The Wire. So, that was cool. If they have it there again, that, that would be super awesome. Mm-hmm. They had a, they had decent coffee there. That was They actually pleasant. did. I totally agree with that. They had Sam Adams Cold Snap on tap. That was also Ooh. a nice surprise. 
Nice. Yeah, I, I hope they do it there again next year. I would definitely go again. So I feel like I'm hearing your sips in HD right now, Johnny. I just like I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, you know what? It's Perrier. It's not even anything special. <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned earlier that Mister Dowdy has been like. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've been on sort of a graphite kick lately. Yeah, no like, doubt. Like I keep seeing black wings in your IG feed. Yeah, and that's like that that's the least of my problems these days. So <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's become a full-fledged thing. There's no doubt about it. All right, then we've got you on record. So Yeah. No, I like ha- cuz I have to like with having you on here, Brad, like I mean, I'm like a pencil person, obviously, like people know me mm-hmm. as being a like interested in pencils, but like I would not be here if it wasn't for your podcast and mm-hmm. listening to your podcast because I remember I was teaching middle school and uh, I was grading papers. I think one of my original instincts to like finding nicer pens was like, I need to make grading papers more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like looking for nice pens and then like ended up on your pad, your website and then ended up with your podcast and listened to it for a year or something. And that was what eventually got me to asking Johnny and Andy if they wanted to do something like this. And because eventually, like pencils became like a bigger thing for me, and just mm-hmm. like kind of blew up. And I, yeah, and it was. And I remember, and I, 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 your your own progression of going from the like gel pens and fine point gel pens to say, and saying like never fountain pens, right? And then getting to fountain pens, and then being like pencils don't make sense, and then getting to pencils, which I I always love like listening to the pen act. <laughs> I always love that you're willing to change your mind and you're willing yeah. to try new things and be like actually this is awesome and yeah. I was wrong before or actually like you if you if you look at it this way like this is actually really great and that's a really uh, admirable thing that I think a lot of people or just the average person within this field like you find or within this uh, field of interest you you find the thing you like and you stick to it but mm-hmm. you're you seem to be always searching for something new yeah. and in a good way not like just because packs. you're like, like trying to packs. Johnny stop <laughs> hang on I'm trying to talk <laughs> grown ups are talking right now Johnny <laughs> so I just wanted to say that that like I mean erasable would be much different or may not even exist. I don't know if you, if you hadn't been doing what you're doing. So, oh, and my. just the fact that you're, you're here and you're, uh, you're always kind of like looking for something new and discovering new things. It's just like really cool. Yeah. So and I now just wanted I, to say that. And now I take notes about a, a podcast about pencils. Like, Oh, I need to go check out this pencil. So thank <laughs> you guys for doing what you do and yeah. <laughs> opening up this whole world. I probably, wouldn't be this far down the rabbit hole without you guys like pointing me in the right direction and, and talking about those things. You know, I think we all can learn from, you know, someone who's gone on that little exploration, even something as silly as a pen or a pencil to figure out, Hey, what are the good things out there? What works best for me? What doesn't, what might work for someone else? And I mean, that's how the pen addict started was just me trying to figure out what's best for me. And then, you know, it just kind of branched out from there. You know, I didn't think fountain pens would ever be a thing. Like I was, there was a way higher percent chance that wooden pencils would be a a win and fountain pens would never get used. But as it turns out with the fountain pens and the pencil thing kind of relates to it, you can really customize what your handwriting and your experience is like. So with fountain pens, I discovered 
oh, I can write with a really fine point or a fine tip, and I can get it in a cool ink color like a turquoise blue or an orange, and then I can make my handwriting mine. And pencils are kind of the same thing, you know, even though it's mostly gray, you know, the colors aren't that varied, Mm -hmm. but you get a style and a feel and you can tell something's different in your hand and the output's different from one pencil to the next. And then you figure out what works for your writing style and you kind of latch onto it. And then the next thing you know, you know, we have hundreds of episodes of podcasts about pens and pencils. It's crazy. So... I think the last time that we had had you on, we we refused to talk about pens. <laughs> so <laughs> since then, we've talked about pens a little bit, and you've talked about pencils. So I rephrase this question: Can you talk for a minute about what drew you to pens, and to start, you know, pen addict and your own mm-hmm. explorations, like way back when when you started the blog? Yeah, for sure. First, I I want to say I did notice that you did not break out in hives at this show like you did at the DC show when you f- were first around all of these well, pens. I'm really hairy. You couldn't see it. <laughs> so it all, it all started off for me like when I was a kid and trying to write as tiny as I could. Like that's all I cared about. All of my writing was small print cursive, you know, drawings. I don't know why I, I have no clue why my handwriting was that way, but that's what I did and what I liked. And being an older person, I was growing up in the eighties and going to school and I didn't have access to all the awesome stuff we have these days. So I was stuck with like whatever we could find at the grocery store. Luckily my grandfather was an artist in his spare time and took his hobby pretty seriously. So he'd take me shopping to like art supply stores or the campus bookstore, which was like a magical wonderland for someone looking for, really unique writing instruments. And I I remember this to this day, you know, going to the LSU bookstore in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and shopping in like the engineering section, because, you know, back in the day when they're teaching engineering and architecture, they have to sell all those tools in the bookstore, right? That's the only place. You're not going into Staples, you know, if those things even existed back then, or ordering from Amazon, all the things you need for your engineering class. So I got exposed to all these things. Mm-hmm when I was, when I was young and it just stuck. I I don't know how or why, but it just stuck. I growing up in school and in college, I always had, I was always very particular. Like everyone who probably listens to the show can tell the stories of how they're particular about their school supplies. And that carried on into after college when my work life, you know, I would bring my own pens and paper to work and use them at my desk and then take them home at the end of the day because I didn't want anyone stealing my stuff. So we all have that kind of like super particular bent on, um, you know, our, our stationary love. And so it got to a point where I found like a specific pencil, a specific pen at a specific store Freudian slip. Yeah, I I, I was hoping y'all didn't catch that, but like, I was like, that was a guarantee they were going to catch that. (laughs) So I found the uh, Uniball Signo RT in 0.38 millimeters. So like my my Holy Grail pens at the time were like 0.5 millimeter anything, you know, anything fine I could get. And then I saw 0.38. It's like, wow, this is really cool. So this is like early 2000s. 
mid 2000s, somewhere around there. So I bought a bunch of them and then I started running out of them. So I started looking online and as it turns out that you can get some really crazy stuff from Japan and I'd already had like a blog and, you know, been sharing things online, writing about baseball of all things, you know, (laughs) 15 or more years ago, early 2000s. (laughs) Um, so I always like sharing and like communicating online and that sense of community around like shared interests and things like that. So I was like, Oh, I must start this pin blog. And you know, I don't, one thing you can, couldn't find at the time. And I don't even think I'd found your blog at the time, Johnny, if not, I know I found it shortly thereafter I started. Um, but there weren't many reviews. Well, there weren't many pin reviews anyway, but there weren't many that if you could find them that actually showed pictures of what the writing looked like. I said, well, I'm going to do a blog and I'm going to use my handwriting and I'm going to write on the page and I'm going to talk about how the pen works on the page. And that was, that was my thing for like a while. And it just started to, you know, get an audience in about a year or so. I started getting people like leaving comments and wanting to talk more about another pen or telling me a pen that they liked that I should go find. And it just kind of grew from that, sharing of information and wanting to discover more and find more and share it with other people. And then it just be kind of becomes this cycle of like finding cool things, learning about them, using them and kind of, you know, spreading that word a little bit. So it's been awesome. And, you know, I'm very lucky to say that, you know, I can now do this (laughs) for a living. Like, you know, 15 years ago, I couldn't do this, you know, Um, It would be doing this, you know, having a business online about the thing that you love, you know, that was like, that would get you kicked out of your house, you know, not too many years ago. So yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a, it's been an awesome ride. That's for sure. Well, we're definitely glad you're the person who's landed in this position because you're so, uh, like, like saying, you're so open-minded, you're so, uh, interested in like the most genuine, genuine way possible. Mm So, um, Thank you. You eventually get to, I mean, fountain pens and we, we joke about fountain pens on here mm-hmm. a lot, but you get into fountain pens specifically. And so it's like, is that being your kind of apex or mm-hmm. that being your, your main thing that you're, you're into? What, what do you look for in a pen generally speaking? And, and maybe if you could sort of tune your response to say like, this is what I look for generally, regardless of what, price point you're looking for yes what are you what are you looking for so i'll tell i'll start this off by saying what i don't look for and what kept me away from fountain Mm -hmm. pens forever which might change people's minds is two things about fountain pens kept me away one they write like a marker and two they're messy (laughs) so those two things are like all you need to know to never buy a fountain pen in your life if you don't want to write a big, huge line and you don't want to make a mess all over your hands and your shirt and your desk. And those things, once I realized those things were not true or at least like very uncommon, then I opened up into this whole world. So what I look for in a fountain pen and it kind of grow goes across gel pens and pencils too, is like a fine, firm hard tip of the pen so the nib on the fountain pen i like it to be firm and i like it to be fine i like it to be very comfortable in the hand you got to have a good balance 
Um, you don't run into that too much with pencils, but you can get like some barrel diameter differences and fountain pens. It's really, really varied. So uh, that is a difficulty coming in blind to it. Um, and then like from, from the price point question, that's one of those things that I've always, gosh, I don't even know how to say it. Like I'm not concerned with it. But I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of like spending too much money. Money does not, the more money you spend does not equal a better writing experience, right? There's definitely Mm -hmm. diminishing returns, especially in fountain pens. It's a much more expensive hobby to get into than pencils. But you can get like an exquisite writing fountain pen for between 15 and $30. And that's all you'd never need to spend in your life. Um, You know, except for the ink, you would have to keep feeding into it. So, yeah. Um, you know, I have hit, I've, I've noticed in myself in the past year, I've hit a little bit of a price wall, uh, just for my personal, you know, buying, um, of, of pens. So that's something I'm kind of exploring on our podcast here, probably, you know, starting at the end of last year, going into, you know, probably go through this year, I'll probably be selling a lot more pens than I buy this year, just trying to refine what I use. You know, pencils, you can kind of, you know, number one, they're cheaper. Number two, when you use them, they're gone. Well, a, fan, a fountain pen's always around. You can always ink it up with something else. So do I need the actual quantities I have? So to talk about the price is always something that's very interesting to me because I'm a huge proponent of the lower end of the price scale on fountain pens, even though I use like some high end goods, right? I just, I feel that's like the most important thing for like me to use for the audience to realize that you don't have to spend like a crazy amount of money to get a good writing experience with a fountain pen. Gotcha. I mean, I think about that with the, I mean, I'm, I'm, probably of anybody in the group or like Johnny and Andy and I, I'm the most fountain pen friendly, I think because that's where kind of where I started, (laughs) but, but just, uh, I think about that with the Twisby eco Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I don't, and for me as a super practical fountain pen user where I'm like, I'm not going to go for the like art pieces. I'm not going to like, I'm, and I've got like a really strict cutoff for how much I'm going to spend on this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that even just between the Twisby eco and the Twisby 580, yep. where I'm like, I don't understand why anybody would buy the 580 right. with the, with the eco like that. That's one of those pens that when I write with it, I'm just like, this is, this yeah. is amazing. One of, one of the, <laughs> it's such a good pen. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my personal favorites. It's currently inked right now with like, you know, all manner of fountain pens. I keep that one inked all the time, which is so nice to write with. But what I was going to say is we found like a change in the community going out to these pen shows and things like that, that we're not in an age of collectors anymore. We're in an age of users like you uh-huh. and I and Johnny yeah. and Andy, we buy the stuff to use it, not to have museum pieces of, you know, every Parker from 1949, you know, with this type of thing, you know, whatever, like, a lot of the older guard in the pen community have been a little bit slow to embrace the fact that someone wants to purchase a pen from them, put ink in it and write with it. 
Like you wouldn't yeah. think that would be a thing, but it's absolutely a thing. So we definitely come at it from the aspect of like, we're going to use these things and what's the best way to go about it. Yeah. Same thing with pencils on our end. I mean, yeah, I mean, just for sure. It's, yeah. you know, I mean, wanting to be using these things and, and that it's not all about collecting the, the rarest black wings, but right. just like there's, there's a huge variety of things that are available these days that have a, or that are just of amazing quality mm-hmm. that you can get and the same thing with fountain pens. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we hinted earlier that you seem to be making some sort of turn toward reason and common sense and getting in pencils. <laughs> so, you know, you have a couple pens. What was mm-hmm. it that made you want to pick up some pencils and start, you know, I don't know why I don't want to overuse the word serious, but yeah. getting serious about pencils. Yes, I don't want it to be too blasphemous, but I was always a mechanical pencil fan. And I know that's not really, you know, that's kind beep, of verboten beep. on this show. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. So this you're is a thank you for out. listening to a raceful <laughs> podcast. But. So, but what happens is with mechanical pencils, I can always write fine like I wanted to. And then you just think about, well, there's this wooden pencil over there that's going to be a big, huge line and it's going to be messy. Does that sound familiar? So I had this transition of, you know, I only want to use this very, very fine micro stuff. And well, a pencil is not going to solve that problem for me. You know, it's just not going to fit with my handwriting at all. And then I realized, oh, you mean there's sharpeners that can do a better job than the crap I've been using? And (laughs) there's lead that there's a thing called point retention or whatever phrase you want to use where the you know graphite core will actually hold its point for longer than like the two seconds to snap off the tip when you first you know touch the paper it's like i didn't realize there were all these things and so you start experimenting you start listening to you guys and reading your blogs and and following you and go you pick up on like words that kind of register with you. Like point retention was one that registered with me. I was like, that's a thing. Like they're not just all smashy graphite pencils, you know, that's just going to make a mess. And it's like, no, you can get something where you can write page after page after page and not sharpen your pencil. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) now I'm interested. (laughs) Now we're talking like I always knew about lead grades, but like I didn't even know. I didn't know what those meant. You know, I didn't know, you know, about the hardness and softness and the scale and, and, you know, how that related. So it ended up being, I don't even remember what like kind of the first pencils I ordered online were. I'd have to think about that some more. But uh, it was definitely something I picked up from JetPen, some of the, you know, Unis or Mitsubishis. It might have even been the Tombow Mono 100s because I couldn't stop looking at those. I think that was a pencil that I bought really, really early. One, because they're beautiful. And two, because the reviews were really, really good. And I think that's kind of the first pencil that I sharpened and go, oh, I get it now. This is different. <laughs> this is not the pencil I grew up with. This is not the pencil I found in the jet desk drawer. This is not a Wopex. Like, this is a different animal. And in the end, what drew me to the gel ink pens and the fountain pens and now the pencils is it made my handwriting look good. Like, when you, <gasps> when you find certain pencils, I have a very particular handwriting style that's 
all caps and blocky. So like I write really well with like a secure Pigma Micron. It's a very fine edge. There's no like wiggle in the edge of the line. It's a sharp line and you can get a really amazing line with some pencils. And that's what hooked me. I was like, Oh, okay. Look at my handwriting. What's even better than what I'm using now. So that's kind of the path I went down. Well, there's the, the theory of the, with pencils. I mean, that's what we learn on so that our, our, we've talked about this before, but just that, our handwriting is at its best with pencils because that's what we start with as a kid. Mm-hmm. So like when you're learning to write properly and you're learning handwriting and stuff that you're starting with pencils. And so when you come back to it that, and I, this is definitely how it is for me that I, I have much more control and things look better when I'm using a pencil because maybe like semi subconsciously, that's just what my brain mm-hmm. is used to kind of like a muscle memory thing. Yeah, exactly. And it also helps now that like I'm into this, I can keep a sharpener handy where before mm. that that might have been a struggle, right? If I'm out and about or, you know, away from home or, you know, at my work desk and don't have a good sharpener, that was kind of always a hindrance, right? The the portability of the pencil. So as you look for kind of like your ideal in fountain pens, which I've mm-hmm. is probably a pretty specific thing, and then mm-hmm. your ideal in pencils, is is there any sort of like uh similarity or difference between those two like are there some common factors that you're looking for with a fountain pen or a pencil it's definitely that fine firm feel and i'm not always that's not the most common like fountain pen setup like what i like in a fountain pen is a little it's not extreme but it's like definitely you know down the line a little bit it's not in the middle ground it's definitely more of an edge use what i like in a fountain pen and it's a little bit that way in pencils, although not as much. Like I'm not way into the H side of the ledger because they do get too light. You know, I do like darkness. If you can find like the, I'm sure like every pencil lover would say close to the same thing. If you can find the perfect match of darkness, firmness, and smoothness, well, that's all I'll ever need in a pencil. But, you know, that point retention is really important to me. Um the darkness not so much and in the beginning i thought smoothness was super important but that's actually something that doesn't register with me very much now if i can hold a good point for you know a couple of pages of writing like i don't care if it's if it's smooth and clay feeling or rough and gritty feeling like i i don't care you know as long as my letter shapes remain pretty much the same and i don't have to sharpen too frequently i'm a happy camper awesome have you tried the um, Faber-Castell Castell 9000 line in something like a B2B? I don't think I have. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating because I think I might have one, but I don't. It's not one I've used to like kind of really get the feel for it. Yeah, sure. the, the Germans do a good job of keeping a pencil sharp, but not having it be scratchy and smeary. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes a little dark. Not yeah. Like Japanese pencils. I'm writing this so, down now. Um, you know, there are certain notebooks that are better for, you know, fountain pens or gel pens or um, fiber point pens. So mm-hmm. when you're using pencils, mm-hmm. what's your favorite paper or papers? Gosh, probably. I mean, the right notepads is the first thing I'll grab. And I like their nice. little ledger books um, even more so than the pocket notebooks because those are actually more of a strictly pencil paper 
the pocket notebooks, I can use any range of my pens, including fountain pens in with that paper. The ledger notebooks don't have a great fountain pen friendly paper, which makes them damn good for pencils. Um, any paper that I know is going to be quick drying with fountain pens is going to be really good for pencils like Rhodia. I don't use, I barely use Leuch term. I do use some of the Japanese papers like Apica for pencil, but I use the knock notebooks a lot, which is a very good paper similar to, um, similar to write. And for those who may not know uh, who's this, that, I've not heard of that. <laughs> I, I live in our, <laughs> so I own a company called knock. We make pen cases and paper goods. <laughs> yes. Pitch it. Pitch I, it. <laughs> I live off of our a five spiral bound because I'm at a desk mm-hmm. a lot and I want a top bound book. So I'm sitting here at this desk at recording this podcast I have the right notepads in the pine left side of the cover tucked under my laptop, right? So, you know, it's, I like a top bound book and the, the not goods are are really kind of a middle, middle ground paper. That's kind of good for everything. The funny thing, Andy asked me, um, back in the beginning of the year, he was getting a Tomoe river notebook, one of the Hobonichis for a planner. And he wanted to use pencils in it. And that's generally like a terrible paper for pencils. It's very thin. Um, it, it like for fountain pens, it doesn't dry anytime at all. So I, he's like, what's a good pencil for those? So I grabbed like a whole box full of pencils and I found one that was kind of amazing is the, the uni mark sheet HB. I was like, Holy cow, this is like really, this is weird that it's so that it stands out so much on a paper. I would never really think about using pencil on that much. So I don't know. That was a, a nice random thing. So write notepads is my favorite for pencil. That's my go-to. Um, the knock a five pad. I use a bunch. I actually don't use pencil much in my field notes. I tend to, for my field notes, I tend to use gel ink and ballpoint and drawing pens. For some reason I rarely use pencils. I don't know why, but, um, I guess most of most of them are really good for pencils, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the right notepads as, as the best for pencil. Awesome. And it's kind of not even close to be honest, but I haven't used as many, as many different papers of y'all as y'all have as to test them out for pencils. I certainly enjoy them. Well, when does the panic reach for a pencils? Like when, what are the times where Mm -hmm. you're just like a pencil is the perfect choice for right now? Are there times where ink just won't cut it or where like you, whatever the scenario is at hand where you just say pencil is right for this moment? What, 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 can you describe those moments? Yeah. I love sketching with a pencil. So for knock, when we're doing like product design, I'll just sit down with a pad. Uh, here's another paper that's pretty good with pencils is the uh, Studio Neat Pano book. I tend to use that a lot for sketching. And it's a it can be like a top-bound desk pad too. That's why I like it. Um, yeah, I like sketching because I'm not a very neat sketcher. I'm not, uh, you know, confined to like a single line making a mark. You know, I'm a... a pencils always moving sketcher. So, you know, if I have a vertical line on the left, you know, it might have like four or five strokes and then, you know, bring it down to the bottom four or five. And that doesn't work as well with a pen, especially a fountain pen. It works well with like uh, art markers, you know, like the um, secure pigment micron, but the pencil is better for that. And I can use a single writing 
instrument to denote color by how hard I'm pressing. So, you know, if I'm drawing in a zipper, well, I can press down harder and have a a nice dark line where the zipper goes. And if I'm drawing an internal pocket, you know, I can dash it and faint, faintly like color it in, you know, so it's just barely a light gray on the page. And I'm not having to grab a different pen each time I want to do that. And I almost never do that digitally. Um, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't use digital for very many things if I don't have to, but I know like using the Apple pencil and different sketch apps and things like that to add line width and variance and color. I just need a pencil and a notepad and, uh, all my best sketches are done in pencil. I know this is probably a hard question. And then you also have the pencil pack that's at CW pencils, but what would you say are your favorite three or five pencils and why? So I'm going to go off the board here because of that pencil pack. I think that's probably to this day, those are my favorite pencils, you know, Blackwing 602, Mitsubishi 9850, you know, Krondash, Swisswood, Camel, um, Mark Sheet, and I'm missing one, Tombow Mono 100. I think I got all six without looking. Those are, I mean, (laughs) those are pretty much my favorite (laughs) pencils. So what I did, since you asked this question is I went through all my pencils and I picked five more that weren't on the list that I actually really enjoy. You ready for this? Oh, excellent. Yeah. So the first one I picked was actually, I, apparently I have a thing for Karan Dash. I, I, must, I like the finer pencils, <laughs> I guess. There's something about the feel of a Karan Dash pencil that I get. I like the density of their pencils. Like I don't like a super air lightweight pencil. I don't like pencils with their racers on them that much. Um, but I'm okay with, you know, uh, a non eraser pencil, as long as it's got some weight to it. So the CW pencil, um, Blackwood, I don't even know the, the official name of it, oh, but that, nice. the all black CW pencil enterprise, uh, black on black with the silver dipped, um, uh, end of the pencil. That is awesome. That's one of my favorites. The funny thing is the next pencil I picked up that I use a lot, I thought it was a Faber-Castell. <laughs> this is how into pencils I am. I was like, so I got the Carondash and I've got this Faber-Castell and it's going to go good on the list. Wait, that's a Carondash also. And it's the Graphwood, the silver one in HB. Um, oh, those are nice. Yeah. it's It's got that wider diameter, beautiful dark line. Um, it's darker than the CW Pencils uh, Carondash collaboration. That one's really cool. And then a uh, good friend of the Erasables, uh, Les, sent me a huge pack of pencils that I'm still going through. Like I've, I've used like three or four of them regularly, so i got to keep going through the rest of them. But the one that stuck, she sent me a Dixon Ticonderoga. I think it's called the Stripe. It's like an orange and orange and yellow stripe or orange and light orange stripe. She said, I, I went back and read her note. She said, this one's made in China and it's better than the uh, Mexican made Ticonderoga. So I thoroughly enjoy this pencil mostly for looks, but it's got a really great line too. It's, it's really, really nice. And uh, I haven't tried to hunt those down. I'll have to see if I can get some more of those because I, Oh, target, target has them. Okay. The, target or the stripey like ones. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. One of my weird pencils that I use actually kind of regularly is the Mitsubishi 9000 3H. So I can 
go up to about <laughs> I go up to about a four H pretty regularly. Um, two and three, <sighs> two and three, I enjoy. Four is a little much. The the Stadler, uh, what the Mars Lumograph four H, that one's really good. Um, but I do like a two good two H and a three H. I use them quite frequently, and like Tim was saying, I don't know if I've ever used one. That's that's so. This is <laughs> that stiff. Yeah. That, yeah. So that's my aesthetic. I wouldn't want to write with it all day, but like if I'm yeah. taking notes, I I will do it. Um, and like Tim was talking about the uh, Mitsubishi earlier, the stamping on the back. This one, and I think y'all have mentioned this before. This one is made by elaborate process. So it doesn't get much better than that. There's nothing better than an elaborate process. And the last one um, on, on the, on this updated list of pencils I'm using frequently. It's not the Wopex, Johnny. Damn it. It's one of your most hated pencils. And which is why I put it on here because I know I love it. And I know Tim loves it. And it's the Palomino Blackwing 56 with a red yes red replacement eraser that's the only way to travel with this pencil cubs edition (laughs) one of sort of sort of braves edition sort of braves edition cubs edition (laughs) and i actually this is one of the pencils i mess around my knife sharpening with so i did a bad job on it this time but uh (laughs) i've I've done some really nice knife sharpening i'm like wow i'm pretty good at this and this one just came out like a butchered but uh i love that pencil it's fantastic I was actually that makes me want to ask you as far as the Blackwing Volumes Editions, what's your favorite that have come out? Oh gosh, is, um, is the fifty six your favorite, or is, or is no. there another one? I I think the two eleven is better. Um, yes. but I use the fifty six more. I don't know why. Something about so I was when I was doing going through this little exercise tonight. You know what pencil I don't use is the the Blackwing Centennial. And that's just like a stunner of a pencil, but I don't know you if it's... You can just send them to me if I know, you want to. I know. <laughs> I don't know if it's the natural wood that gets me, but the 211 falls in the same category. When I use it, I absolutely adore it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the top ones are probably 211, 24, and 56 are probably uh, my favorites. Gotcha. Recently... Although the 16.2 was... Uh, that's that was that's nice, right up yeah. there. The 73 has risen to the top of mind, which is for mm. me is a shocker because yeah. I, uh, but because the MMX core has not been something I use a lot, but lately last, I don't know, three weeks, uh, and just, I, I, that texture of the 73, just I'm smitten with that. Yeah. Just so nice. So yeah, it's, it's but, really, right. really cool. I, that's a, that's a great one too. It hadn't, it hadn't some good my top choices. Ones, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, so aside from the pencils, We've talked about uh, what are your favorite pencil accessories right now? So mm. like race erasers, sharpeners, uh, maybe a pencil case you'd like to talk about that might be you know super <laughs> useful that we've all seen before, that <laughs> you know a lot about. So <laughs> that I need to make some more of. Yeah, yeah. So just just take take that any way you wish. But yeah. so the t- the two pencil accessories I use the most are the Uni. What is it? Say the KH KH twenty, yeah, the desk sharpener. Um, that's far and away my number one most used accessory. It has a long point that's probably ninety five percent as long as the the classroom friendly sharpener without the uh, tooth marks. So that's that's my go to 
go-to sharpener. And then the second most popular thing I use are those tin pencil caps. I don't know what they're called, but you know, the little tip protectors, because mm-hmm. I do like to throw my pencils in a bag or a pocket or some type of pen case that may not be made to hold like a bunch of pencils. And I want to make sure that if I'm going somewhere and that's the only pencil I'm taking, I want to make sure it's protected. I buy those. I don't know. They come in little packs of four. I'll buy like three at a time just to have them around. Cause you end up losing them or giving them away or, you know, bending them out of shape. So I'm a huge, huge fan of those. So, um, I never use a standalone eraser because I just, from coming from pens, I'm just used to scratching out. Like I don't even use the erasers on the pencils with erasers, you know, very, very sparingly. I just end up scratching out or doing something different. So I appreciate like a really good eraser. I just never use them. And I certainly like never pack them with me or, or travel with them. I don't know why that's just a, that's just a thing. I'm just, I just have a habit. Like I'm going fast enough to where, you know, always when I've used a pen, I just scratch it out. So like, I don't even think to turn the pencil over much less grab, put the pencil down and grab an eraser sitting Mm. to the side. So, yeah. So, um, you know, while those three guys were beating me up on my way to the bathroom at the pen show, (laughs) I got the impression that they don't understand pencils. Mm -hmm. So, so I guess our last question is, what would you say to people who are real into really fancy pens or who, who are very particular about their pens? What would you say to them to make them want to try pencils? Everything that you love about your pen, the way it feels, the way it writes, the color of the ink, the size and shape of it, you can find something comparable in a pencil. Pencils are not one-stop shopping at the yellow number two. They are highly customizable to your preferences, to your tastes, to your likes, to your dislikes. You can avoid those things. Um, That's what I've found when I have gone shopping for pencils and realized the differences between some of the pencils that I like and dislike. Just that you can get an equally as customized writing experience with a $1 pencil as you can with any gel pen, fountain pen, marker, anything on the market. And you should absolutely spend a few bucks to try it out. That's what I always tell people about pens when they were getting the gel pens, buy three or four of them and you will see they're different than anything you've thought or anything you've been using. And then you'll figure out which one of those four that you like and then you're set. Then you go down that path and you're you're good to go. Yeah, I I I like how you phrase that because I mean, as someone who's come from fountain pens to pencils eventually and then stuck with pencils, I I still use fountain pens pretty often, but usually when I go through a phase of using fountain pens a lot, I quickly get frustrated by the the I don't know, like the fussiness of it, which sure. some people, I that sounds negative, but some people like the fussiness of it. No. And, and that's just, and that's totally fine. But like I, I'll use it and I'll like have a pen that's misbehaving and I'll just be like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, typewriter bell it. Yep. I'll put it aside. You know, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll put, <laughs> put it aside and I just need a pencil. And, and I'm a, I'm not a collector when it comes to pencils, but I'll, you know, I'm attracted towards a certain 
type of pencil and it's just so comforting to be able to pull up one of those that's that's always going to write mm-hmm. i mean when you put it down on the paper it's always going to write and you're never going to have that issue which is maybe not as fancy and maybe for some people it doesn't scratch that itch of mm-hmm. like expression or whatever it is that they want they want it to look a certain way but it's uh, i i'm interested in that because i mean i've had uh, interested in what you say about that because sometimes fountain pens can be so fussy and like take yeah. up so much time and i just want to pick up a palomino hb and just go for it and just because i know that it's going to sharpen yep. and it's going to write and it's going to be a fun experience and then even like non-fountain pens actually today oddly enough i have a Mike Dudek was super, I mean, one of my favorite people mm-hmm, on the planet. For sure. <laughs> he was so so thoughtful that when the, the baseball edition of the Retro 51 came out, mm-hmm. he, he texted me. He was like, hey, I have an extra one of these. Are you interested? Uh, I was like, absolutely. You know, I, and I, I bought, it, bought it from him. I was using it. And then I was writing today, and something seemed off. And I opened up the pen, and the Schmidt refill I had in the middle had, like, burst open inside of it. Son of a, you know, I like went to the teacher's lounge and was like rinsing it out. And I, have, I still like right now I have ink all over my hands. And it was this you know, like super annoying experience, but like, I still love that pen. I still love that experience. But the, the thing for me, and I swear I'm not trying to corner you into saying anything right now, but like yeah. with pencils is that I never have that situation. I never have that point where I'm like, well, I guess this is useful. This thing in my hand right now is useless. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set it aside. Maybe it's not as glamorous or seductive as writing with a fountain pen, but it's just, it's a, it's a utilitarian thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't uh, disagree with that at all. You know, the only, the only hangups I ever have with pencils is portability. That's the only negative yeah. I can ever find about pencils, but there's ways around that. You just got to think about it a little bit. So, you know, it's uh pens can definitely be uh, a hazard to your, to your hands and your, your clothes for sure. More so than pencils, which will just wash out. <laughs> so uh, I can, yeah. but I probably went through a, I don't know, probably like a two month period late last year where I didn't use fountain pens at all. Like just, I'd rather use microtope gel ink pens and pencils, but uh yeah, there's a well, pen, there's a pencil uh, out there for everybody, so you just got to find it, just like pens. This whole uh, whole episode has been le- leading up to that soundbite you just gave us right there. So <laughs> I'm glad we glad we finally, <laughs> finally got there. <laughs> there. There's our intro. All right, so this episode is going to be about eight seconds long. <laughs> uh, but man, it's been good talking to you. Oh so man, I it's always a pleasure. really appreciate this. Yeah. This has been this has been fun. Yeah, Thanks you guys for being are, on. Absolutely, you guys are great. You know. uh love to chat anytime so this has been a blast so can you tell folks where to find you on the internet as if they probably don't already know sure i'm at penaddict.com i'm on twitter at dowdyism d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m and you can find all the wares i sling over at knock.co n-o-c-k.co excellent how about you tim you can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Sweet. So you can find me on PencilRevolution.com and sometimes on Pencilution on Twitter. And you can find all of us at Erasable.us. This episode will be Erasable.us slash 9-1. And if you like fun and no fights on the internet and proof that human beings can be reasonable, you can join our <laughs> Facebook group. Mm at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable for 
We always say this literally 24-7 pencil chat, which is super awesome because there are folks from all over the world. And you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast. And also our regular Facebook page is facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast, where we sometimes make announcements. But if you join our Facebook group, you will know everything about the podcast and about the hosts and our drinking habits and what cars we drive and all kinds of stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm kidding. So thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll be back next week. I mean, you might see Andy. I don't know. We'll see. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.